Hello fellow Redbirds, welcome to Bird Fans Forever podcast number 29. If you're new to our channel, you should check out our at Bird Fans Forever Twitter account and follow to get the first notice of new videos that we publish. You can follow along there also for other information and fun polls. Our website is www.birdfansforever.com and on there you can find our links to all episodes of our podcast across many apps. Apple, Google, Spotify, and others, as well as a tab to access our videos on YouTube, where we're also called Bird Fans Forever. So dunk on the YouTube subscribe button and follow us on Twitter, so you'll be the first to see new episodes and get other fun information from us. Our guest for today is Lou Stefanovich, who played for the Redbirds from 1981 to 1985. We'll be right back with Lou. Hello and welcome to episode number 29 with Lou Stefanovich, right? This is Bird Fans Forever. So uh, as a recruit coming in, I got to see you play Big Lou. Um, normally I read numbers and stats about somebody, but with you being the Percy Hall of Fame inductee, it'd take me 35 minutes to read everything. So Big Lou, how are you doing, man? I'm good. Appreciate, this you, guys, is awesome. uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, and this is great because this is actually, you're going to be somebody John and Steve saw play when they were in college, right? You know, back in the Stone Age, because you guys were all in college before me. So <laughs> I'm the youngest one here, so I like that. So, all right, Lou, how we always do this, man. How did you get to ISU? It's an interesting story on how I got to Illinois State. Actually, my entire group that came from Indiana, right, myself, Ricky, Brad and Michael, we all came from Indiana, the state of Indiana. And, and at one point, all of us were being recruited by Indiana, right? And so, really, and, and usually, you know, how it goes is either a top recruit, a so so recruit, or you're fourth on the list. And if so and so doesn't commit or doesn't uh, come to come here, you know, that scholarship might open up kind of thing. So, Right. The interesting thing was we were all being recruited by Indiana, and then we were all told at one point, just not good enough to play at Indiana, right? And um, But, you know, the interesting thing was with uh, Coach Donovan having, you know, the uh, ties to Indiana and then obviously being recruited by Indiana, it was just a natural fit, you know, towards Illinois State uh, since they also recruited us at the same time. So all four of us were being recruited at the same time by Illinois State and then also by Indiana. And who was recruiting? Which were the two primary people recruiting? Was yeah. that Coach Smith and Coach Cunningham, um, or was that No, my, my primary, Sam Senior? Yeah, no, my primary recruiter was uh, Jim Platt. So, Mr. Platt, okay. Everywhere, yeah. everywhere uh, I went, it seemed like I saw him. Yeah, so, <laughs> uh, he was great. Uh, I don't think he missed the game. Uh, it was a lot tougher back then for assistant coaches to recruit because oh. they had to visit all these different high schools and get around to all the different states. And, you know, now with this whole AAU circuit, you know, you can show up at one venue and see 600 oh, kids. You know, it's yeah. completely different than what it was back then. So, yeah. Um, and then obviously uh, Coach Donawal. So that, that was kind of my experience, you know, through that recruiting process. Uh, it was really kind of out of control, to be honest with you. I mean, there's so many different coaches, so many different people, and yeah. that kind of thing. It, was, it got tough at the end trying to figure out where you want to go to school. Did you sign early in November, or did you 
signed in the spring. You know what? I have no idea. Really? To be honest with you, I, I want to say, man, I don't even remember. To be honest with you, it's been that long ago. Uh, but, yeah. I just know that uh, when it was all said and done, I think I probably committed, I want to say probably at, in, at the end of my senior year, because I remember oh. being at an all-star game. Uh, we used to have this Indiana, Illinois classic, McDonald's classic. Yep. And uh, played in it. Yep. And I just remember being uh, there, and I remember being Coach Donald being there, kind of thing. But and I don't remember committing anything like too much before that. So okay, I would say probably towards the end of my senior year uh, is probably when I committed. Uh, and that was a strange commitment, anyway. That's another story. Well, why was that a strange commitment? Well, it, 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 you know, so my list, the list of schools was long. You know, a lot of guys, you know, you have a, a, a long list of schools. But that was my, actually my third visit. I visited uh, Xavier. I visited Cincinnati. And then I made a stop at Illinois State on the weekend. And then I was supposed to be at Oklahoma on Monday. Right? So yeah. when I got back home Sunday night, uh, late. It was really late, probably ten, eleven p.m. at night, and I came on the recruiting trip by myself. So my parents didn't travel with me, which is again completely different than completely different than today. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I came home and I said, "Hey, you know, I kind of like where I was at. I, I kind of saw I saw myself there, right? Right. Um, and players." You know, it's just like anything else. Like, you know, it's just like when you find somebody when you get married. Like, you know, you know when you know kind of thing. Yeah. It's kind of hard to explain how that all works. So I came home and I'm like, you know what? I feel pretty good about this. I think I know where I want to go to school. And my parents were like, okay, great. If that's what, you know, makes you happy and that's where you want to be and blah, blah, blah. And I said, yep, that's where I want to go. Well, my problem was I was supposed to leave in the morning for Oklahoma. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, Billy Tubbs was recruiting me and uh, I can't remember the assistant maybe it was Bliss I, I can't remember who that was but anyway I remember calling and I remember sitting in my parents room because back then you didn't have cell phones and, and <laughs> yeah. there's only two phones in the house usually one upstairs and one downstairs and so I'm upstairs yeah. and I make the call and it's got to be kind of like close to midnight now right? I'm trying to build yeah. up enough courage to tell them that I'm not coming and I'm not coming on the recruiting trip, and I, you know, I made my mind up and that kind of thing. Yeah. And so I get on the phone, I make the call, and he just goes absolutely ape shit off the other <laughs> side. <laughs> like, like, what do you, what do you mean you're not coming? Like, we've been recruiting, and I got, and I heard that we've been recruiting you for over a year. And, yep. And uh, it just went on and on and on and on. And I said, hey, listen. Um, I made my mind up and, and I said, I don't want to waste your time. And I, I don't, I appreciate you guys recruiting me. I said, but I just can't see myself coming there. He goes, but you haven't even been here. He goes, how could you know that? I says, because I know where I want to be instead of coming there and then trying to waste your time and my own time and putting any kind of doubt in my mind. And I said, no, I don't want to do that. So, um, and that was it. That was kind of the last time we talked. And then, you know, I, obviously I made contact with the folks at Xavier and Cincinnati. Uh, told them my decision. 
uh, and Eastern Illinois had recruited me as well, and and I told them the same thing. I'm trying to think of some other schools. And, and Lou, I'll tell you, uh, that was the hardest thing for me as a 17-year-old kid is the fact that now you're calling these schools yeah. and these adults are like, how could you pick Illinois State over us and our program's this and our our, our program's gold and yeah. we're the gold standard in this conference and we're this and, and you're making a horrible mistake and you hear sure. it over and over again how – it's, I'm glad players, I think, are a little more sheltered from that this day and age yeah. um, because well, they're AAU coaches. Now, well, right? you know I what, mean, I'll be honest with you. And, and most of the guys, well, you just went through it. Is that, is that how it went for your son? I totally forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, so most of you guys know, like, you know, my son Sasha played at Purdue and just graduated last year. So yep. I made him do the same thing. I made him call every coach. And I said, you can't, you can't take it the easy way out. You can't send a text out to the assistant that recruited you to tell the head coach. I said, right. can't do that. I said, yeah. so you're going to pick up the phone and call every one of the head coaches, and then you're going to call the assistant coaches and thank them for recruiting you, number one. Number two, just tell them you're not going to be there. You're not coming. Major, right. 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 But his was a little different than my recruitment because his got a little strange too. But, um, but I had him do that as well. I said, because you owe that. You, you owe them a conversation at least. And, you know, you, you, it doesn't have to go any farther than that. But just, right. you know, have that conversation. Because I'll teach you a lot about what you're going to have to do in life anyway. There's going to be a lot of yeah. unpleasant things you're going to wind up doing. So you might as well get used to it, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The funny story about the recruitment from Oklahoma. Do you guys remember who, my, who we played our last game against? Ooh, I was let me think. <laughs> Oklahoma and Wayman Tisdale. Yes. Right. So the the way the story ends is that I'm on the court, I'm warming up, and he's on the court. He comes out, and we see each other. He comes up, and he looked at me. I looked at him. He goes, you know, one of us is going home today, right? And I go, it's probably you. <laughs> right? And he goes, I figured you'd say that. Right? So, yeah, how ironic that uh, the schools, the choices between my schools, I would have probably went to Oklahoma. If not Illinois State, I think in all the all when was all said and done, um, they had a great connection into Northwest Indiana because one of one of the alumni from my high school played at uh, played out in Oklahoma in Kerry uh, Carabine, and that's kind of how the relationship started with Kerry still being out in that area, and that kind of thing. So it was, and it was interesting. They were ranked top five in the country, you know, at yeah. the time. So. I could have been a um, starting small forward for a ranked <laughs> team in the country that I don't know. I can't remember how far they went, but uh, it was it was very ironic that that's who I played my last game against. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah. So, Lou, in 1985, your senior year, you averaged 17 and a half points per game, seven rebounds, and, and this is an era where I mean, how many shots were going up on a Donald play game? Maybe like. High forties, low fifties, tops. Yeah, right? no, 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 no. You, you, you got you got seven rebounds. So no shot clock, no three point line. Right. Yeah, yeah, no shot, no three point line. You got seventeen half points, and and we're looking. You you made second team all valley, and we're like, how the hell did you make second team? Right. And off the top of our head, we start naming off players. Oh well, yeah, you know Xavier McDaniel. Sure, he for sure he he was all player, right. you know, all conference, and Steve Harris. Right. And then we start thinking about it, and I'm just gonna start naming some of these people. Knight Benjamin, 
right? NBA. Boise Winters from, from Bradley. You know, on that Wichita State game, you got Sherrod. NBA. You know. <laughs> NBA. Yeah. You know, it was Percy Hawkins as a freshman. NBA. NBA. 14.6 point rebounds as a freshman. You got Mike Williams on Bradley. You, you Massive know. Mike. NBA. Vernon Moore. Yeah. Tracy Moore is on, on Tulsa, yeah. right? So talk about 1985 and playing in the Valley. Yeah, interesting, right? So, and we were kind of talking a little bit offline. So here, I'll, I'll give you guys a real interesting fact. And so all the, all the folks who are listening are going to dig it up. They're going to start Googling it or, or whatever <laughs> other source of information you got. But 1985, uh, more NBA, there was more uh, draft picks coming out of the Missouri Valley than any other Power Five conference in 1985. So when you ask the question, how do you get the only second team, right? And I want to say that was well back then we had what seven seven rounds. So you got to remember seven seven draft rounds, but still we had more picks in the NBA draft in 1985 than any other conference, more than the ACC, Big Ten, SEC, whatever, right? So that just tells you the 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 strength of the of the conference. And then uh, we made it at large. So I think there was four teams out of the uh, Valley, if I'm not mistaken. Three or four teams every year that, that kind of went to the tournament. And, uh, again, that just shows you the strength of the conference, the, the schedule that we had. We, you know, nobody wanted to play us. Uh, we would have to kind of get into some tournaments, holiday tournaments, yeah. to, to actually play some folks and, and uh, most of the time, we uh, when we got in those tournaments, we either won it or you know got to the finals. So, uh, but that that's how you wind up being in the second team. Well, that, and you talk about the great players, but there was great coaches. Uh, coaches, as well. yeah, I would say great coaches, but these are some big life personalities. These are some characters. Yeah, <laughs> these are some characters in the Missouri Valley. I mean, when you go with Nolan Richardson, right, uh, Bob Donawal. You know, you're talking about uh, uh, Dick Versace. I mean, it, it's just, yeah, I mean, it was just uh, absolutely yeah. insane. And uh, so when you start combining all of the coaches and the players, uh, the rivalries that you had in the Missouri Valley, uh, that was great. Willis Reed over at Creighton, you know. So, yep. I mean, yeah. you're, you're talking some big names here. You know, these are big, big names, and you know Missouri Valley had them all at one time at the same time. So, yeah. So, who was and, the? And, which? Go, oh, go ahead, John. You go, go, Steve. Go ahead, John. And like you said, three. You guys pulled three NCAA tournaments in four years, right? Mm -hmm. and so, you know, against teams that I mean Xavier McDaniels averaged 14 flipping rebounds a game yeah he was right? the leading I mean, leading scorer and leading rebounder in the country our senior year so yeah. it, you know yeah. listen when you're when you're playing against uh, so there was no night off in the Missouri Valley you, you didn't have, no night there off. was no such thing like yeah this is going to be an easy game it, it didn't really exist um we we won some games probably on the road that we probably uh, shouldn't have won. Uh, we probably lost some games at home that we should, probably shouldn't have lost, but you know it all right. balanced itself out. Uh, but again, I just I can just tell you this: you know, my sophomore, junior, senior year, uh, 
the competition in the Missouri Valley, and we joined the Missouri Valley my freshman year. So that's okay. when we first joined the Valley. But, I mean, the competition was just phenomenal. Just great, great uh, competition. So, and again, to my point is, makes what you guys did even that much more impressive that you were able to go into a Valley that was that strong and win, get yourself a, uh, I think you win the conference your sophomore year, but get at large bids your junior and senior year. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it just phenomenal. Well, I think, right? uh, if, I, if I remember right, somebody will correct me, but uh, my, I think my sophomore year we were the tournament, the conference tournament champions. Yeah, and then yeah. I think my junior year we were co-champs. And then I think maybe my senior year we might have Yeah, but you didn't that. win the tournament right. and you didn't get the automatic bid. Right. Yeah. So we went at yeah. large <coughs> my junior year and we went at large yeah. my senior year. But in all three scenarios we were like a seven, eight, nine seed. You know, we were right in the middle of the thick of things, right? So when you add it all up, uh, the strength of schedule and what we did, we were a top thirty team. And uh starting probably my sophomore year until I left my senior year, we were a always ranked in the top 25. We were in and out of the yeah. polls. Um, you know, the entire thing. Did you guys pay attention to that, or did you see that in the paper? Because, I mean, it wouldn't be on the Internet. The Internet didn't really yeah, exist. You just didn't. It'd be in the paper. Would you guys, when like on the road, we'd always get the USA Today and check the top 25. No, we were never near right. it. But, I mean, did you guys ever do that? No, on the we road? knew. Yeah, we we knew. You just knew. Yeah, we knew, okay. and you know there was a there was a crazy time. It might have been my sophomore year when we were in the tournament uh, championship game, and uh, the game was broadcast, I think, on CBS, if I believe, believe so. So they came in and they had to put all new lighting in Horton Fieldhouse because it wasn't adequate for TV. So we walked out there, we're like, "Where the hell is this?" You know, like lights were bright, like we didn't know where we were at. Um, that's kind of strange, but and we didn't have a media room, so people started showing up right. all kinds of different media, and yeah, you know, we just it was just that time, you know, and uh, we have to keep it. Well, and that's how the what's that? Now? The conference tournament was built that way, right? The top four teams, the bottom four went to those gyms, right? So you went on the road as the bottom four, and then whoever won the games, the bottom two would then go to the top two. Yeah. So, you know, you only had a day off, and then you went to the next yeah. one. Yeah, so, yeah, something along those yeah. kind of lines. But we didn't have a central place where, you know, you were still right, rewarded right. for having a good season, which makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You know, your fan base is rewarded for being there, watching their team perform and supporting their team. Right. Makes sense to me. Uh, and you know what? And if you're going to upset a team, you know, you shouldn't be fair. You shouldn't be equal playing field, right? you got to earn it. Right. Right. You got, you got right, the whole right. regular season to do that, and if you didn't do that, yeah. you know why should you get an advantage in the tournament? So that's yeah. kind of how I think right. about so, things. But uh, yeah. So this shows how strong the valley was, and and how much attention it was getting nationally. I think it was your sophomore year, when Sports Illustrated came in, and they did a whole. You're talking about my center cover, my center, my centerfold. Sport, <laughs> wait, wait, wait! You have a set. You don't have a picture of that, do you? Oh uh, hell. Somewhere. If you, you if you do, you have to take a picture and send it All to right, me. I, I gotta. I All gotta right. Otherwise, it. I'll go see if I can dig it up. Lose centerfold in Sports <laughs> Illustrated. Wow. It's, just, it's, just not, it's just not me. It's really me. Michael, I, know, Brad, I, know, I know. It's all of us, really. Yeah. It's a game shot against DePaul. I, I just think. Oh, wow. I just think I happen to. I say it's me, right? 
So <laughs> yeah, Michael yeah, will yeah, say yeah. it's him. Ricky will say yeah. it's him. And Brad will say it's him. So you know, it's yeah. in the, it's yeah. in the eye of the beholder on who, who claims the centerfold. But it is technically in the center of Sports Illustrated. If you open it up, we're on either yeah. side of it from nineteen eighty four, I think. Yeah, it was, right. yeah, it was your junior year. Yeah, I think it's. Like, but that that's yeah. that's how much the 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 valley was getting noticed back then. They, they did a whole article on it. Yeah, it was the uh, yeah, it was great. It was crazy. Yeah, it it was. We were, I think, at that point. Uh, I don't know. We won a lot at seventeen and two, eighteen and two, nineteen and three. I don't know something like that. We only lost a couple of games, but we almost got up to the point where we won twenty games. And then the next thing you know, we we, we had great regional coverage. Don't get me wrong. But once that happened, and I don't know if we were coming back from somewhere or what it was, all of a sudden everybody picked up the phone on that Monday and decided to start calling into Illinois State University and trying to go, who are you people? Who who are you guys? Like, you know, you're you're just beating everybody. And all of a sudden that's that's when we moved into the uh, the national rankings. And, you know, you had guys like Rick and Hank. And, I mean, there's, there's listen, uh, we rode their coattails for a couple of years, right? And then, you know, freshmen rode our coattails. So that was a period there for about eight, nine, ten years where, I mean, we were just rolling. And, you know, it was just one class after another class after another class after another class. So if you go look at that era, the six championship or the six NCAA tournament appearances are in a 10-year span, maybe? 15-year span? Uh, two thousand. Uh... You went in 83, and Muller was last one was in 90, 98, 90, so yeah, 15, uh, 15, 15 years. years. So you got to think about but, it. If you were to do a 15-year like look, what does that look like at Illinois State? I bet you it's pretty good. I bet you it competes yeah. with any, yeah. any top program in the country, any top 50 program in the country. So when you can sustain it for a period of time like that, that means everything is clicking for you. Your, your fan base, your support is off the charts, right? Your recruiting is off the right. charts. Everybody's walking in there with a chip on their shoulder because somebody told them they weren't good enough, right? It, it wasn't like, uh, how can I put it this way? It wasn't like any one of our choices was Illinois State, our top choice, if that makes any sense. So we were all told by bigger schools, like, you're not good enough, like, like I was telling you guys earlier. Not good enough, not good enough, not good enough. And so now you've you got a bunch of guys that would have, would have chip on their shoulder walking in. And it all happened to be at the same time at the same place, and I think that's kind of why it makes it makes it work. Plus, I'm a Midwest guy. All the guys I played with, majority were all Midwest guys. And listen, nothing against anybody from anywhere else, part of the country or part of the world. But you know, if I'm from Bloomington, normal, I want to see Midwest guys. I mean, that, that I can I can kind of associate. I can see it. I can right. We're a, we're a mid-sized school, and uh, when you get guys who kind of represent you, yeah, it means a little bit more. So, Lou, we, we had uh, Coach Smith on a couple episodes ago. We were talking about, uh, you know, your recruiting class and stuff like that and, and really how all the pieces kind of fit together. And, and you know, you had Brad, who was this, just had incredible range on, on, on his jump shot. We, we had... Ricky, who could just slash, and, and, and he was charismatic, and he, he had the flair for making the big plays, steals defensively. He had Michael, who just, like, was 
controlled the game, right, from an offensive standpoint, ran mm -hmm. it, pressure defense on ball. And, and then, you know, you had it, it, the sweetest shot and, and, and able to rebound. And, of course, you had other players around you before, you know, the, the incoming sure. classes yeah. and stuff like that. But but talk about that, like how those pieces fit together in, in under, like, Donald's concepts and stuff. Yeah, so let, I'll, let me do it this way. I'll start talking a little bit about my teammates, right, my class. And um, I love them dearly. We stay in touch to this day. Uh, actually, uh, I just saw I saw Ricky, Michael, or Ricky, Brad, and Mark Swart at the Big Ten tournament last year and down in Indianapolis. They came to see my son play. And uh, we got some time to spend together and, you know, obviously – it's like fishing stories, right? Uh, they got bigger and bigger <laughs> as, as the day went on. Um, but anyway, uh, so there was a, a lot of guys ahead of us uh, outside of my group with uh, Ricky, Michael, and Brad. And each one of the guys that, that joined me at Illinois State brought something really, really special about their game. Uh, but there was guys ahead of us, you know. There was, uh, you know, heck, I saw Dale White at the, uh, when I first got there, Dale was the uh, lone senior and at the uh, Horton uh, game, yep, yep. Right? we're all there. Sit next to me, yep. And then um, you know, you know, guys like uh, Rick and Ray and, and uh, Dwayne that were in that group, and then uh, Mark and Hank. You know, so there was a lot of guys, right? That just tough, knew how to play. And the most important thing for every one of those guys that just mentioned was just winning. Everybody knew how to win. Uh, did whatever it took to win, and. Uh, if you were to look at Michael, actually, Michael and I came from Northwest Indiana. So, uh, first time I met Michael, we were at a um, sectional kickoff dinner in Northwest Indiana. And it was just kind of one of those things where we've met and we're like, hey, you know, who's recruiting you? Who's recruiting you? Kind of thing. And, and uh, that's where we met. That was the first time that, and we both said Illinois State was recruiting us at that time, but never thought we would both wind up there. And, uh, but Michael was phenomenal. I mean, he was a phenomenal point guard. I mean, he probably averaged between maybe a point or two difference in his whole career every year. So accepting your role, doing what you got to do, and we were talking about it earlier, Michael picked up people for full court, and there was no shot clock, right? So the way he played the game was he was in your face the entire game. I don't care who you were. I don't care what guard you were. And most of the point guards, right, that we considered top point guards came out of New York City. And the Missouri Valley had its fair share with people, you know, like uh, Moore that was at Creighton and some other guys, right? And we played yeah. against DePaul and you had Strickland and those guys from, those guys were, a lot of those guys came out of New York as well. And Mike wouldn't back down from anybody. That was, that was just the way he was wired. And he guards you like you wouldn't believe. And, uh, you know, Again, interesting fact, right? On Mike, I don't think he ever missed a free throw in the last two minutes. His entire <laughs> career. I was just going to bring that up. Like, you know, he may not be the, the the top free throw percentage shooter, but if you were to take a split, right, the last five minutes, I wanted him at that, that free throw line. Yeah. I don't. I I, I when I I'm not saying that jokingly. I think he never missed a free throw in the last two minutes of the game. I I, I don't ever recall it. I bet you it's got to be high. And, and the other part is we had Brad, who I, who I think is either in the top or top one or two or three as far as uh, shooting free throw percentage. Free throws, yeah. right. I think he's way up there as well. So if you if you got your primary guys who handle the ball, 
shooting over 90 percent don't miss shots that's a good way to win right and yeah. uh and like i said before you know if there was a three-point shot i mean hell you probably needed to drop a fourth line because brad was shooting from deep i mean the range that brad had was just unreal unreal range and it didn't matter if it was a two-footer or 35-footer just at that time they were still worth two points right yeah. but that was, that's what brad shot it from and uh man he was good at it uh let me interrupt you for a second. The uh, nine shots we have on tape, one from the Ohio game and two from the Alabama game, every one of them are well behind the three-point line. Yeah. So just in those shots alone that we have tape of, we don't yeah. have much tape. So if people have tape, love to get it to me. I'll get it up there. But, yeah, of the tape we have, he did not take a single shot in those two games. So yeah, small, mean, but, yeah, so keep going about Brad. No, so yeah, I mean, but then you know the other part is just like you know these guys are both Michael and Brad. I mean, these are gamers, man. These are just like ballers. Like basketball players, no basketball players, right? Yeah. These are ballers, right? And Michael's a baller. Brad's a baller. I mean, Brad comes from the hotbed of Anderson, Indiana. So if you don't know where Anderson, Indiana's at. There's some players that came out of Anderson, Indiana, right? Both Michael and I came out of the region. There's some ballers up in that area. And then you have, you know, Ricky, you know, my dear friend Ricky, uh, who, by the way, doesn't get enough credit for being uh, the guy he is, which he is really the conduit that keeps us all together. Yeah. He, he's the guy that for the last 40 years, right, uh, has kept in contact with every single one of us in one way or another, just to make sure that we all stay together as a family. And uh, Ricky, if you're listening, I appreciate it. I appreciate everything you do for all of us. Um, but he's the best. Now, speaking on the court, what can I tell you? Right, Ricky couldn't shoot, but man, he could do everything else. I mean, he can he could defend like nobody's business. And I guess everybody just remembers, you know, all those things that you know Ricky would be on the breakout, steal, yeah. And man, he's he's up, Ooh. he's up and running, right? And yeah. uh, he's a high flyer. There's no doubt about it. Just a high flyer. Yeah. And uh, I mean, really, that was kind of our class, you know. Those those were my teammates, and uh, the difference the difference in each one of us on how we played the game and what we brought to the table, I think, was really our strength more so than anything else. Uh, we just knew each other very well. Uh, we knew what we can do, what we couldn't do. And, you know, it's just like one of those things they always say, man, just stay in your lane, right? Do yep. what you do best and don't try to do, I'm not going to get on the break and try to steal something to go for. <laughs> right? But, but what you just said is so important, right? That ain't me. Like knowing your strengths and knowing your teammates' strengths just makes the team better. Yep, yep. Listen, when you run a motion offense like we ran, you could be in any one of those positions at any given time. So you better know what you're supposed to be doing, you know, and knowing the personnel that you're with on the floor at that time. So just because you're a point guard doesn't mean you're going to be at the top. You know, a lot of times you would see myself at the top of the key handling the ball, or you would see Michael, or you would see Ricky, or you'd see there was four of us. We played four out, one in. Usually our bigs would stay, and they would set you know, down screens, cross screens, back screens. Cross screen, back screens, up screens, right? And then the other four will handle the ball and 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 make plays. I mean, that's how we ran it. You know, and uh, it's just an interesting philosophy. So, 
So let's by, talk about... never, by the way, we never had any plays. <laughs> so let's, let's talk about that. Not, yeah. uh, I don't think people realize that under Donovan, we barely had an out of bounds play. They were simple. They were very yeah. simple. Like any, any. Uh, I don't want to take anything away from Coach because if he listens to this, he'll be pissed at me, and I, I'm sure he'll call me. <laughs> they call me right away. Like, what the hell are you telling them? We had no plays. But really, the concept of what we did was all based on. It was all based on player movement, ball movement, right. positioning, uh, game management, clock management. Right, knowing knowing if you're in a bonus. Who should be handling the ball for end of bonus? Who should not be handling the ball in the bonus? Uh, where should the ball be? Uh, how's your man playing you? And time and score. And, and you have to know all these things. And they call it emotion, but it's so much more than emotion, right? Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah it's it, 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 a lot to it. Yeah. If you, in theory, if you run it and continue running it the way we ran it, probably the seventh, eighth, ninth pass, you will get a layup. Because no right. defense wants to defend that long, stay in that right. position that long. It's too difficult to do yep. when you have people like John smacking you, right? <laughs> so there's only there's only so many times you're going to get hit, right? And you're, something's got to give, and then somebody's going to help, and then somebody's going to overhelp, and then someone's going to overhelp, and then by that sixth pass, seventh pass, somebody will get a layup if it's run correctly. So, yeah. And the out of bounds had concepts, right? It's not like we didn't have a play. We basically had plays, but there were concepts. And so you ran the same concept on an out of bounds or on the sidelines as you did underneath, right? So screen, move, screen, move, right? Some of us double screen, some of us just moving. So yeah, it was awesome. So yeah. um, talk about the little known fact that there's actually five in your class and you four <laughs> yeah. Are not the highest ranked players in your class. You don't have to name names, but there's a fifth individual that's actually ranked higher than you four that made it one year. Yeah. So, yeah. So obviously it wasn't us four. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, so if you go back, I guess if you would go back and look at the, uh, uh, not the yearbook, what the hell? Well, the uh, program. Media guide. Program. Media guide. Yeah. The yeah. media. If you go back and look at the media guide, you'll see who the uh, fifth person was. But, you know, the other thing is he wasn't from Indiana either, so, yeah. <laughs> so all the four Indiana guys stuck it out and made it through, and we survived. All right, Lou. So I love to say I rode your coattails, which I did, right, being able to get to the tournament. Uh, but we want to talk about the Alabama. So let's talk those last two or three minutes. We have the – it's out on Bird Fans Forever. So let's talk about it, and then we can put up the footage as you're talking. So – what were you guys thinking in those last couple of minutes of the game, and then going into that last shot? Well, I um, what I what I what I remember about that game, I spent most of the game on the bench, <laughs> <laughs> so, so I wasn't I wasn't having a. I don't think most of us were having a very good game. It was one of those kinds of games. Where it was just kind of like a lot of opportunities, a lot of missed shots, you know, shots that we normally make, uh, but we struggled. I struggled. I, I struggled primarily from the floor. Uh, just seemed I couldn't do anything right at that point. So, actually, I think I spent quite a bit of time in the second half on the bench. And I think uh, right at that time, maybe a few minutes before that, uh, Michael gets poked in the eye. He can't see. Uh, he's you know, he was kind of acting blinded by the whole thing. He just fell down, looked like he got shot. But anyway, so so Mike can't Mike can't go on anymore. So you know. 
Donald kind of looks down the bench, and I think he had no choice at that point, but he had to put me back in. And he's probably going, this is probably the worst mistake I ever made in my life, the worst decision I ever made putting me back in the game. But anyway, um, and like in the other segments that we've talked about, uh, we're kind of just kind of going through running stuff, and then I can't remember how many seconds were, were left, and we call a timeout, right? And so we're going in the huddle, and uh, the funny thing about that shot, or the shot that I did make, uh, most people think that, you know, here we are in the uh, in the huddle, biggest game of our lives, right? And we're going to run some fantastic play for me to go make a shot. Right? <laughs> yep. That's not exactly how it was drawn up. <laughs> the way it was drawn up was we're just going to run what we normally run, which is just our motion offense. And what we did talk about in the, time, in the timeout was at about the 10-second mark, you know, anywhere in that time frame, let, let it go, get the shot up, and then in the event that we do miss the shot, we got some time to go back up there, get a rebound, try to get another shot at it. And so it was kind of funny. He's like, all right, anybody who gets it except Lou, don't let him shoot the ball. <laughs> he ain't made a freaking shot all night. Oh, that's great. Now he knows to piss me off even more. And I'm like, oh, okay. Did oh. he really say that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah. Like, yeah, you, you haven't made a shot yet, so you might not want to consider shooting that. <laughs> and he did that for a reason because he knows I'm going to shoot the freaking ball as soon as it hits my hands, right? I had this habit of shooting a lot. So anyway, no, not you. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway, that's that. That's really the story, man. It just kind of went around, and we ran our offense, and you know, I think we were down. I don't know. What'd you guys say? Eight seconds. Eight seconds. So, yeah. Um, got it, shot it. This one went in, and uh, and and it was very significant. I didn't know the significance on that shot, to be honest with you. It wasn't like you know, sitting in the timeout going, you know, if I make this shot, this would be the first time we ever win in the NCAA. Oh, you don't you don't think about those kinds of things. Not until other people, after a fact, you know, hey, did you know? Did you know? Did you? Know? Yeah, okay, now I know, but no, we right. we didn't know uh, prior to that. No, that's it. That's the famous shot. So, he got in the locker room and, and he said, I knew you were going to shoot the ball, or what did he say after that? You know, I, I don't really don't remember, <laughs> to be honest with you. I just remember I just remember having to go to some press conference, and I think that might have been the first press conference I ever attended because um, we had, obviously, reporters and so forth that would ask us a lot of questions, but I would think that would be the first time I ever went to a press conference where there was a table and microphones and, and the media sitting like they, that you see now today. Um, you understand the significance when you wind up in a room and yeah. there's got to be 30, 40 people there asking questions. And again, that was like a blur. Oh, uh, yeah. uh, but I, I, I don't remember what he told me. We, we, he used to be, uh, now that I look back on it, he was very comedic. He was very funny when he wanted to be, uh, but I didn't think he was funny at all for my four years. I didn't find any fun in it, but now that I'm older, obviously he's yeah. older, and we spend a lot of time talking on the phone here and there and stay in touch with Coach, he is really a funny dude. I mean, he's really a funny dude. But and uh, So I can't remember what he told me. I mean, hell, well, 49 I mean, years ago or 30 or whatever. Yes. Yeah. 
coach would be all business, right? Game's over. The clock is ticking for the next game to start. You have 48 hours, right? Just like a Christmas tournament. You have 24 hours to get ready for the next game. And we are in preparation right away. There's no really waiting, right? Um, kind of like being in the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament, right? Get your win. We're back in. We're back at it again, right? And yeah. so preparation, preparation, preparation. Okay. So you played in five. That's one. I don't know if we really we have video of the Ohio game. I don't know. We really want to you know, talk about that one. Yeah, that, I mean, you know, that one I didn't play. I don't think I played. You played, did play. I did. Play. We looked at it. Bit. You played. He only played four minutes. Oh, four minutes. That was the four minute game. I'm sorry. Four okay, minutes. Yeah, I was yeah. Gonna say, I don't but, one, but hey, I'll take it. Yeah. The only thing I'll say, but like those five games, four of those games were close, right? Yeah. I, I mean, you mentioned the Oklahoma game, right? Mm-hmm. Wayman Tisdale. You only lost by six. They were the number one seed. Yeah, you're playing. You you guys were the nine seed. You beat USC, who was the eight seed, right? Yeah. And and that in another close game, but you guys won by three points. Yeah. Okay. And you go on and play Oklahoma. You lose by six to future NBA players. You know, probably arguably the best offensive player that year. You know, he only missed one shot. Yeah. So if he has a normal game, we win. Yeah. If he hits 25, we win. Yeah. The Ohio game comes down to crazy. Know, we have shot that should have been reviewed. I don't know how fans. that only takes two seconds. To oh, God, yeah. Tap it back, bobble it, throw it up, and make that Where's shot. Where's the That's video cool. review when you need it? And, and then, you know, you had the game winning shot against Alabama. So, I mean, yeah, you, absolutely. You played in five incredibly close NCAA uh, tournament games. Yeah. Yeah. Now they were quite fun. I mean, exciting us out. And yeah. you know, I do I do remember certain things about all the tournament games. It didn't matter where we were at. Um, I mean, there's there was people there was people in the stands in all of those. It was packed. Uh, the Illinois State fans supporting us in the tournament was just amazing, just absolutely amazing. Um, hey, I'll be honest with you. I've been back for a few games at Redbird Arena. I want to say in our tournament games, there were more people on the road than there were in Redbird Arena. Yeah. You know, so you're talking like thousands and thousands and thousands of people, right, at our tournament game. And I understand it's historic, and I understand it's like a once-in-a-lifetime kind of opportunity, but uh, you got to start somewhere, right? And so Coach Pete and I had this conversation when we took over at Illinois State. You know, there's, there's a portion of winning, right, and there's a portion of being in the Midwest, and it's like a it's like a two way street, right? People will come out and support a good team, right? But also, a good team needs good support from the community because home court advantage, man. You want to help them, support them, and then you want them to get better, support them, and then in turn, that's that's worth four or five points every time you play at home with a with a packed arena. And I was the group, you know, we were part of that group that, that built that Redbird Arena. And the reason Redbird, and reason was that Redbird Arena got built was because Horton Fieldhouse couldn't take it no more. I mean, it was at a point where, you know, you're shooting a free throw looking at that North Bleachers. I'm thinking, man, at some point this is going down. But under sure. sway, right? So when you pack up, I don't know, 9,000 people in there, think about it. If you guys were at that game at Horton, that, that, uh, retro game, right? The game back at Horton. 
and they said they had 3,000, 3,500 people. Well, how else are you going to get 6,000 people in there? Right. They all went up on that North Bleacher, right? So we were, try, we were trying to tell people that hadn't been there before that the Bleachers just kept going and going, going. and going. And, yep. and if it was sold out, they just put another roll back there. Yeah. And so yeah. I, I'll be honest with you guys, I never played. I never played a college game at at Horton where it wasn't planned for its capacity. Yeah. And there were some games that they might have not brought the highest bleachers in or whatever, but whatever they brought in, it was standing room only. And, and again, it's a two way street. That that's what drew me to Illinois State, right? Was the support that Illinois State Same had. Here. And Absolutely. so, it, it, and it's easy. It, it's a community that that appreciates good basketball. And it's going to support great basketball, and just support them. You know, they'll get better. They'll start winning some games, and then uh, I like it to walk back into Redbird Arena see every seat full. That's what I. I would too. Same here. Yeah, yeah. All right, Lou. This has been awesome. Thank you so much. So this is where we wrap up. Here's a chance to close. What do you? Thoughts? Anything you want to close with? Anybody you want to thank? Those kind of things. Yeah, I, I'm not much for closing, um, but you closed out some games. Yeah, closed out, <laughs> closed out some games. that's what's important. You know, I I, I think uh, if I look back, and it, look, it's been a long time, but um, I think the biggest thing I can say about either myself or my teammates, and, and we just hated to lose, and it really bothered us, and. Um, when you play that way, you know, people appreciate, you know, uh, the fact that people come and, and, and they want to win. So you kind of, you represent the folks in the front of you, which says Illinois State on your jersey, um, and the people associate with that. And it doesn't matter what your name is on the back, because you, you do that for yourself and your family. Uh, but the big audience and the people that you do represent are all the people who, who've been to school there. And I'm always going to have that allegiance to the school. And yeah. that's kind of how it works, right? It doesn't matter if you're at Illinois State or any other school or wherever it may be. And uh, and the reason I think a lot of people, when I get back down there, still to this day, right, people only associate themselves with winners. So when you win something, they remember it. And it right. means something. And so it's always, uh, for me, it's always great to get back into the Bloomington Normal area. Uh, maybe in a game or anywhere else around town. It's uh, not that I expect people to recognize me. I'm an old man now, but you know, <laughs> at, at the end of the day, right? People go and they go and they see, oh, you're six six foot seven. You know, you're tall. You must have played basketball. And then you're like telling me, like, oh yeah, I remember. Or somebody, right? Or somebody within a group of uh, you know a, a circle will say, yeah, yeah, I remember him. So. Here, let me let me close out this way. I'm going to show yeah. you this. You're going to give us a show until. Yeah, I want to show you this. And while you're doing that, because I swiped this, and I, yeah, I did. Wanted... So I did. I didn't really swipe it. So this jersey right here, which was my home jersey when I was a lot skinnier, yeah. <laughs> used to sit up in the pub, and that sat at the pub for I can't even tell you how many years. And so the last time I was there, uh, they took it down at the pub. And they gave it to me, and uh, they told me, Lou, it's your, it's your jersey. Um, you can have that is awesome. So they do have another one of my jerseys, which is a practice jersey. 
So I had them take that one down. I signed that one for them, and I told them to hang it back up, and they have it with my signature on it. So if you're ever down there and you want to stop off at the pub, you'll see it. It's right before the bathroom. So I made it, <laughs> I made it. It's right before the bathroom where it sits. And so now, wait, wait, you got to show the jersey next to it. Yeah, and this, uh, and I have the other one here. And this is my uh, younger son, Sasha. This is his jersey uh, from from Purdue, where he played and graduated last year. And so that's theirs. That's his right there. And uh, a lot fancier than what we had, but hey, it's all the same, right? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. So with that. Uh, All right. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's uh, kind of fun to kind of go back and think about all those things, but um, man, it's been a while. Yeah. Lou, thank you very much. Remember, I'm going to need help recruiting Brad, Michael, oh, I'll send Ricky. It. I'll send this to him. Yeah, we're going to. Have yeah, to... I'll send. And this then, to... of course, you have a mission. Tell Mark Zwart, Coach Zwart, thank you, and Coach Donnerwald, thank you. Right. Yeah. So with that, this is episode twenty. Nine, and this is Lou Stefanovic. <laughs>